It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. All right, everybody, this is the Locked On covering the Washington football team podcast. We'll explain more what we mean by that. We will have uh, some sort of, um, I guess, announcement uh, early next week. We're just tying up a few loose ends. I think you know where this is heading uh, right here on um, what has been known as the Locked on Redskins podcast. But, you know, obviously with the climate the way it is and the decisions that the organization has made, uh, we are kind of in limbo. Either way, we welcome you aboard. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Uh, and as we round out the week, it has just been an unbelievable just assault of news um, for the last month, really, um, dating all the way back to, I would say, right around June 13th or so. Uh, so it's really been the last six weeks has just been a complete nonstop, um, you know, just assault of information is the best way I could put it. So, uh, it, and, and it's not stopping. Um, it's not stopping anytime soon. All right. So a bunch of different news items, and then we're going to get to, Lorenzo Alexander, the part that we didn't get to the other day, the executive vice president of the NFLPA, because the NFLPA and the NFL have struck a deal, and we will have training camp start on time. I caught up with him earlier in the week, and he discussed in detail a lot of the issues that the NFLPA was fighting for in terms of COVID testing, in terms of uh, a ramp-up period, in terms of uh, no preseason games and why that's all important. So even though some of it right now is a little bit out of date because we recorded it on Monday afternoon and I never really got to it here on this podcast because we've been so busy and I thought it was more important to play the red the the part about the football team the other day before that got out of date. So we're going to play that. Uh, almost in its entirety, and we will have the news here besides what we just mentioned, that the NFL and the NFLPA agreed on a new deal, and, um, you know, I guess it's part of the collective bargaining agreement with training camp and all that, and camp will start on Tuesday, July 28th. Um, There'll be a long ramp-up period. You're not going to see practices probably for about two weeks, uh, if not more. So don't expect that to be the case like normal where we would hit the ground running with a full practice and away we go. That's not going to be the case. We will uh, get to talk to Ron Rivera early next week, um, but we are not going to have the normal practices and therefore reports and updates and sound and information and interviews uh, up until they actually get on the field and that is undetermined uh, at this point. In addition, uh, 
Huge news coming out late Friday evening, and that is that Stefania Bell of ESPN is reporting that Alex Smith told her that he has been fully cleared to return to football and football activities, which is pretty incredible if you think about it, right? November 18th, 2018 is when Alex Smith suffered that compound fracture of his leg. They pulled a dirty sock out from his leg. As Stefania Bell told us right here on this podcast, they pulled a piece of a dirty sock out from his leg, from inside his leg. And it was all chronicled in Project 11. He is going to report to the team facility on Monday where he will undergo a team physical is what Stefania Bell said. Now, I will clarify one thing uh, on that, but he has been uh, cleared from his surgical team to return to full football activity. Surgical team. That does not mean that's Redskins doctors and trainers clearing him. So again, so again, he has to go through the physical. Now, my understanding, based on what we've been told, is that players will report on Tuesday and then have to take a COVID-19 test and then quarantine for two days and then take another test. And both tests have to come back negative. And then they can take their physical on the fifth day. Then they have to leave once again the facility, apparently. And then, uh, apparently, on the sixth day... They can enter the facility provided that they pass their physical and that they've passed the two COVID tests along with satisfy the quarantining um, restrictions. And they're doing that, I believe, the quarantining restrictions by that chip that they're going to monitor players uh, when they're in the team facility for contact tracing purposes. So... It's probably going to be another week or so before we officially hear anything more about Alex Smith, because I'm not even sure if he's allowed to take that physical on Monday. So he'll report on Monday. uh, But if if the protocol that we were told is going to be true for everyone, and I can't imagine that it wouldn't be, it's probably going to be until next Saturday or Sunday before Alex can take a physical, assuming that he passes the two coronavirus tests. So that's that. Um, but unbelievably tremendous news from Alex Smith's standpoint. Now, listen, what does it mean? I, I don't know. I mean, if he gets cleared and, you know, there's going to be no preseason games, there's obviously no contact as it is with practice. But, I mean, guys can bang legs, right? Somebody could take, you know, the, the wrong step and go down. What does it mean for a quarterback competition? It, it, it probably doesn't mean that Alex Smith is truly battling Dwayne Haskins right now after missing again the last year and a half. But is it possible that he's battling Kyle Allen for the backup spot? Yeah, it's possible. Is it possible that he's just trying to work his way back into shape and he's going to be on the 53-man roster. Maybe it's more because of COVID. Uh, probably will be. And he's just on the roster 
and he's not really battling for a position. He's just trying to get himself back and ready and maybe running scout team and, and getting the flow and getting back into a rhythm. And then at some point during the season, maybe because of injury, maybe because of poor play, he gets an opportunity to be the backup or potentially, as crazy as it sounds, the starter. So we will see. Um, this could mean a lot of things. It could mean, um, I think it means, it more means a lot of things than means nothing. We just don't know the scope of it yet. But either way, kudos, congratulations to this dude. If that isn't an inspiring story, I don't know what there is. And after the awful, awful summer that the Washington football team has put together here, a dreadful six-month, uh, six-week period of horrifying news. Um, this is just tremendous. Now you have a temporary name for the season. You have a new logo. You're keeping your colors. You've got a bunch of your front office settled. Um, and you could have Alex Smith back. Don't forget, he also counts for about $21 million under the salary cap. So there's even more incentive and reason for Washington to have him on the active 53 or whatever the man roster is going to be. All right, this is the Locked On Fill-in-the-Blank podcast. Again, likely we'll have an announcement earlier in the week. Stay tuned for that. We're covering the Washington football team right here on this podcast. I'm Chris Russell, back in a flash with Lorenzo Alexander, Executive Vice President of the NFLPA Part 1, and then we'll have Part 2 for you uh, as we take you into the weekend right here. All right, I'm Chris Russell for rockauto.com. Yeah, that's right. Our friends at rockauto.com, you guys really need to check them out because they are awesome. Why go anywhere else for your auto parts, whether you have a new car, a used car, an old car, new truck, you get the point. Whether you need carpet, whether you need um, windshield wipers, or if you need a new muffler, a new exhaust system, and you can do it yourself, or you got a buddy that's a mechanic on the side that can do it for you or help you, rock auto.com. Why rockauto.com? Well, because they're not going to charge you the prices that the big auto parts superstores charge you. Why? Because A, you're not a mechanic. You're not a an auto repair shop that's in there all the time getting parts. So they cut those guys a deal, right? They cut them a deal on volume and they cut them a deal because they know them, right? And they want the them to keep choosing their auto parts store for, well, their auto parts to fix the cars at their individual shops. Well, they are going to charge you a marked up price for overhead because you're not one of their buddies, whatever. Well, at rockauto.com, they don't do that at all. At rockauto.com, you get the best prices, you get great experience, you get whatever parts you need, and you can tell them when you go to rockauto.com and get all those parts that we were just talking about, you can tell them how you heard about them, and that's locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you that's again locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right here on the locked on 
covering the Washington football team podcast. Um, I'm Chris Russell. Lorenzo Alexander is executive vice president of the NFLPA, the NFL and the NFLPA, striking a deal late on Friday afternoon. Uh, A bunch of the issues that we talked about earlier this week are still very much on the forefront. You're going to be hearing about some of them, a lot of them. Uh, Again, the ramp up uh, and the build up to to actual full practices and no preseason games. So I want you to hear this still very, very crucial and important and really good insight. I'm doing good, Chris, you know, out here in paradise Valley and, and, you know, dealing with uh, the waters, we know it like everybody else, but the pandemic, the social unrest. So it's been a, a whirlwind of the last, you know, really three to four months and now really diving in deeper uh, with uh, the return to play protocols and making sure we're doing it in the safe, a safe and productive way. So you retired after this great career that I just kind of briefly ran through. Um, you know, unfortunately, you guys came up a little bit short in that playoff game in which you played your guts out. Uh, and you had a really nice run in Buffalo, but you're still obviously very active in the NFLPA, as I mentioned, as an executive vice president, one of uh, several I know this has been an issue that has been very near and dear to your heart. You fought hard for players' rights and player safety and protocols long before this. Right. How has, I guess let's start gen- generally since you've retired now, and I know the season hasn't started, how has your role kind of evolved? Are you even more involved in the NFLPA than you were, or has it just mm-hmm. taken on a, a slightly different context? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm more involved. I'm just as involved as I was as a player. Um, I think during the season, that's the time that most guys aren't able to give its full focus that is needed uh, because you are, you are uh, engaged in games. And obviously right now, nobody is. And so, we had the full commitment of, you know, every single uh, executive member locked and loaded um, as far as trying to figure out the best ways, the safest ways um, while we negotiate with the, the NFL and listening to our jointly appointed uh, medical committee on uh, the best practices so that we can come up with uh, solutions. They're not perfect, but the best solutions to create a, an environment that mitigates the spread of the virus and and gives players at least a sense of safety in the sense of you know what happens when somebody tests um, negative, right, or positive. Um, you know what the protocols look like. You know how many times you're going to get tested. You know if your family can get tested. And so all those things, you know, kind of been really diving in deep and, and being on daily daily calls, multiple calls every day. And so it's uh, it, it's definitely ramped up the last week or so. So as we look at the NFL over the weekend, set all the dates for rookies to report and veterans to report. You guys on Sunday were like, whoa, slow down. We got to get some things right. We don't know exactly what some of these protocols are. One or two of the main things, I guess, that might stick out to the layman and the casual football fan that I've heard, at least on the NFLPA's end, is you guys want a 21-day roughly acclimation period and – ideally no preseason games are both of those what you're angling for and what's been recommended to the NFLPA or what the executive council kind of came up with. Yeah. Everything we've tried to do has been based on the the recommendations of of the committee. And so if we kind of go back in time and go back to 2011, where we had a a lockout and essentially created the same type of environment as far as no OTAs, you know, the off season pretty much was punted. And everybody came back when training camp started and we had a 25% increase in um, injuries. 
And so, you know, having having that information, having that wisdom as we kind of come back to training camp now, we realize that we're going to be faced with the same situation. There has been no OTAs. Um, there has been no mini camps or training camps, you know, up to this point. And in addition to that, unlike in 2011, we also had to deal with a pandemic that has essentially shut down gyms around the country. And yes, you see guys working out, but their access to gyms um, and workout facilities at the level that most guys are accustomed to, because some guys even go to the facility and they haven't been able to do that, um, has been pretty much uh, taken away from them, right, because of the pandemic and just having to close down for safety reasons. And so you can almost guess that that 25% would essentially happen again and maybe even increase because guys haven't been able to do the same thing. I mean, I think early on, I remember seeing Andre Roberts, who's a receiver up in Buffalo, you know, I follow him on social media, doing curls with the couch. Now, here we're talking about a professional athlete having to, you know, be flexible and find ways and do curls with a couch. And so Andre's a pro, and but I know that most guys who don't have that type of drive or don't have that structure set up won't be trying to find out ways. And so we have to assume that most of our men, even though they may have been trying to, haven't been subjecting themselves to the type of training and grind that you need to uh, callous yourself for football. Um, and, I, and without the OTAs to help you with that that progression, we need to make sure that we have the, the longest uh, ramp-up period possible so that we make sure that guys can obviously callous their bodies but then also not injure themselves so that they can be ready and available for teams to go out there uh, when we start playing games. And then in addition to that, I think you mentioned the, the preseason games. Obviously with the pandemic, there is really no reason to increase um, – exposure to the virus by traveling. Um, obviously, it started at two. Um, I think the committee was around one, but then you start getting into, you know, if one, if you have one, the only one team is going to travel. Right. You know, half the league is going to travel. So then you talk about competitive adv advantages. So it just it makes sense not to do any anyway um, in, in that regard because, God forbid, somebody gets sick during that time. And the only really reason they wanted to have a preseason game when they gave us was is to um, – evaluate their talent. And and I understand that. You know, I was a, a young guy at one point in this league and, and got into the league, but these are professional scouts, professional coaches, and you can evaluate and you can almost tell if a guy is going to be, is going to help you, especially the, the, the guys that we're referring to, right? The last two or three guys that's going to get on a roster. Um, game may give you a little bit, it's going to give you a little bit better of an indication, but you pretty much have a good post. And, and it's just for this year. And so we have to make sure that we're doing everything possible to make sure that we uh, mitigate the spread and put ourselves in the best possible way of getting back and staying back and not trying to do things just because we're used to it. You know, just because coaches missed out coaching, they, they want to get back to evaluating players. This year is going to look a lot different, uh, rightfully so, because of something that nobody could count on with, with uh, COVID-19. Lorenzo Alexander, the one-man gang with us. Um, Former Buffalo Bill, Redskin, Arizona Cardinal, Oakland Raider, Carolina Panther. Did I miss anybody? <laughs> I don't think Buffalo so. Buffalo right? Bills. I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of teams. Multi-time pro yeah. bowler. Just, he just kicked a lot of butt on the football <laughs> field. Uh, and, of course, the executive vice president of the NFLPA. Let me ask you this. from your, You mentioned 2011. I remember you were with the Redskins. We all covered that. We all got back there in late July. And you're right. That was kind of a, a normal training camp, and things were kind of – 
rocket speeded and you had to play the pre first preseason game two weeks after uh, and all of that stuff. So obviously it makes sense to kind of take this slower, but can you, in your opinion, and maybe this is, I'm uh, more asking you for your, right. your, your insight. Can you play an NFL full speed tackle regular season game the right way and the safe way without playing a preseason game in your opinion? Yes. You can. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, every time I step out there, I try to play the safest way. I mean, obviously it's going to be easier to adjust to the speed of the game for a veteran guy. And there will be a lull in um, or a learning curve for rookies and guys that have minimal uh, experience. But for the most part, guys that have played this game long enough, football is football. And so I never, for me, a, a preseason game and a regular season game, wasn't different in the aspect of it got me ready to play safer. Obviously, it's going to help you uh, callous your body and kind of warm up your way up to you uh, getting ready for a, a full four quarters. But this is not the ideal situation or the ideal year to kind of create that environment to kind of uh, build up to, to four quarters. You know, and so in my mind, yes, I would, you know, probably like to have a, a game or two, especially for young guys to kind of showcase themselves. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm I am prioritizing safety um, as far as the virus over what, what you may get out of a preseason game as a veteran player versus a rookie player. And collectively, I think not playing them is more beneficial than trying to get get out there and play them to see if you're going to get ready for week one it's a it's a plenty of guys who don't even play in the preseason or may get maybe 15 plays and then they go out there and have you know an, a pro bowl season win mvp uh very productive and they didn't play a lot in the preseason so um it helps but i think it's more that's more so for young guys trying to get their shot much like i did you know back when we were playing tennessee my helmet comes off and i tackle somebody still and then that changed the trajectory of my career. So that's really what the preseason, I think, is more so about finding those diamonds in the rough um, and helping those young guys develop versus having veteran players go out there um, risking injury and maybe not missing missing that game one. So I think it's, it's more beneficial not to have them in when you put the when you add in COVID in this season because we were thinking about cutting down anyway down to two. So now right. with COVID, let's just take them all out and then next year we revisit what we want that structure to look like. All right, so that's part one of Lorenzo Alexander at One Man Gang 97 on Twitter. He is the executive vice president of the NFLPA, a former member of the Washington football team, Arizona Cardinals, Buffalo Bills, and Oakland Raiders, a two-time Pro Bowler, and a really good dude. The final part coming up next right here. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
All right, we wrap it up with Lorenzo Alexander, our final part. Again, covering as many of the NFL, PA, NFL issues and return to play issues as we can, as we now have a deal and training camp scheduled to start Tuesday, officially for veterans across the board in the NFL. How big of a um, an argument, a factor, um, an issue, I guess, is the best way I would put it for the NFLPA and you, Zoe, specifically. You remember what Redskins Park was like, and I know you've been at many different facilities, so I don't know how you would compare it, but 90 yeah. guys never fit well into that building. No. Um, and, and not even down at the new facility in Richmond. So I know they've made some improvements, but I, and I don't know what every other NFL facility looks like, but 90 guys is hard to get in when there's no restrictions, when there's no space. Right. Spacing, when there's no protocols, how big of an issue is the spacing and the size of the rosters, even if they're 75 or 80 compared yeah. to the normal 53? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be a struggle. It's going to be an, an issue. And that's why we've discussed about even having, uh, you know, kind of designated times where maybe you have ha your defense come in at this time and your offense comes in at another time and kind of, you know, start off in, in, in that regard. And then as you start cutting down your roster size, then you can kind of come back together and, and practice in uh, more of a traditional setting. Because, you know, as it is right now, that first couple of weeks is only going to be a wrap-up period now. So you don't necessarily need everyone in the facility at the same time. And so you would treat it much like we do now in, in, um, in off-season, the way it traditionally works is that, the offense is lifting while the defense is meeting. And so now that maybe you have your Zoom meetings, so maybe just the offense shows up at 8 o'clock, the defense is at home doing their meetings via Zoom, and then you have a grace period of maybe, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes to where offense can change, shower, get out of there, and then you have the defensive unit come in, work out, do their running. And so, yes, it's an inconvenient, but – if we want to have football be able to get back and stay back, that may be something that we look at. And maybe we even break it down even more granular than that as well. Maybe we, you know, do groups of, of 20 coming in. And so it, we it's still trying to figure that out. And I think that's one of the biggest points from the players is let's get a plan because training camp is, is coming here quickly and we want to have, we want to play, but we need to have clear protocols of what that's, of what that's going to look like um, based on the medical um, um, opinion of our experts. So now I, I read that the NFL, each and every NFL team submitted, uh, I guess, these these plans for how they're going to follow safety and protocol. And you guys as a union or union leadership, I guess, DeMarie Smith and, and others were kind of looking over them. Is that where we're at now in terms of determining that? Because yeah. you're saying we don't have an answer and we don't have a clear right. idea of what what how everything's going to be laid out. Right. Assuming that that process goes OK, I guess for every team, um, then maybe we can get back to work, right? Yeah, and, and that's what we're working to. I mean, ideally, we, we want to have a, a league plan and, and that and not 32 individual plans mm -hmm. um, because obviously that's that's easier to uh, to manage, to make sure that it's being uh, implemented correctly. And then we have a, a, a general standard of, of what it looks like. And so one player in, let's say, California isn't, uh, subjected to something different than a player in uh, Texas. And so you want you want some, I think, some level playing field. And obviously each of those states are a little bit different too and what they're dealing with. But I think you want to have a general idea of what teams have to hold, be held accountable for. And then if it's something that goes above and beyond that because they are in a Florida 
or a place that is spiking, then then so be it. But um, we would we just want to have a clear, precise plan, and so that we can hold the league accountable of providing a safe place as the employer should for its employees. Bottom line, do you think training camp, which was scheduled to start uh, Tuesday, July 28th, do you think across the board we will have training camp start or do you think there'll have to be some sort of logistical delay? No, I think training camp is going to start on time right now. And I think that's why there's been a, um, you know, that's why we have that social media. We want to play kind of push like, hey, we want to play. We want to get back, but we need to have these things um, in place by then. And so let's not wait until, you know, three days out because you may have some guys that maybe want to opt out because maybe they say, ah, these protocols that that we came up with, it may be good for somebody else, but it's not good enough for me. So let me opt out Um, because players generally like to operate and make decisions. The same thing we do when we're playing football based on um, the knowns, right? We have a scheme. I have a technique. I know how when the ball snapped, these are my reads. We want that same type of feeling when we're making a decision about whether or not we need to opt out or uh, or decide we want to show up and make a decision off of fact and not just proposals that are out there. And I think the, the angst has come in is because it's been, even though the talks have been productive, it's just been slow played a little bit as far as addressing some of our concerns, but not all of our concerns. Um, but we are making progress. It's just not fast enough for guys because this date, as we've already talked about, is, I mean, literally right around the corner. Do you think that the NFL, the owners, Goodell, and their management people are um, slow playing this, I guess, because it's such a logistical, monumental hurdle to get over or because of other reasons, i.e. because it's going to cost money and and there's a yeah. lot of things going on here yeah i really I, I really don't know you know what's in the back of their mind i mean obviously anytime especially that we're addressing all of this everything is kind of overlaid with one another right and so we we talk about player health and safety and that's where our minds are at but there's also a cost that goes with that as you mentioned to the testing all, all the additional uh protocols and things that you have to implement having guys come in later and different things that go along with that um, also, you know, salary cap and money, what happens if the season gets canceled? There's all, a whole lot of other sub points um, that go into it. Um, and we just we addressed it in our proposal, everyone. But they came back and addressed only some. But we're you know, so I think that's where it's like, OK, we, we, we have all these issues. And so we have to address them all at once. So let's kind of get this process going because training camp is right down there and we want to have clarity and we want to have an agreement and we want to work with you. Um, so let's make sure that this is as uh, efficient as possible so guys can make a sound decision and know what they're, you know, uh, exposing themselves to as far as, like I said before, whether or not they want to opt in or opt out or just knowing what they're going to have to deal with on a day-to-day basis and, and what is at risk if a season gets canceled. What What is the – how do we discern whether or not we cancel the season? What is that threshold? Um, you know, are we going to be t- tested daily? And if not, what what are the parameters around the reason why we're not? Um, so all those questions have to continue to be answered. And, you know, what if we have another outbreak? What does that look like in a city? Do we still go and play that game? And so that's why there needs to be some clarity really uniformly across the league as far as how do we handle a lot of these things that may or may not come up. But you always want to have a plan so guys know um, how to act, 
you know, how to how to hold the league accountable and how to keep themselves safe. So just to be clear, though, a week before scheduled training camp uh, or or for everybody, for veterans open up, as you and I sit here and, and talk, we don't even know if there's going to be daily testing or what type of testing. Correct. Is, is that what I heard there? Right. Yeah. Well, our, our you know, we, we've worked closer to that. And so we haven't agreed upon it. And so like right now there is um, on the table like daily testing and then we have like a threshold. Um, and so after, you know, I think that threshold was like 5%. And so that was one of the things that our committee came up with, but it just took so long to kind of get to this point of let's do daily testing mm-hmm. and then work in the threshold, whether or not you have a 5% um, um, infection rate or is it below that, you know? And so we're, we're getting to where we need to be. It's just taking a lot longer than I think everybody hoped, uh, especially with the runway that we had being able to observe some other teams, get get some knowledge. And then obviously this virus is, is changing rapidly, but some of these protocols really should be independent of, of, of you know, kind of waiting on something new or a vaccine. Let's, let's go off of what we know, make it as hard. And then if we have to change as we go, cool. But I think just that, that runway that we kind of lost or wasted in effect is kind of added to some of the anxiety from a player's perspective. Uh, one more for you on this. Is, is there a lot of anxiety amongst the leadership uh, and players in general about huddling, uh, about being across the line of scrimmage from, you know, breathing, snorting offensive linemen who yeah. are blowing, you know, a lot of stuff out of yeah. their mouth? Is there a lot of talk about that or not uh, really? Certain guys, I mean, have mentioned that and have kind of discussed it. I think that's more of an individual thing. Um, I think if you're a guy that is going to decide to play no matter what right now, Um, You're not worried about that. I think because of the demographic of our league, even though you have guys BMI that is traditionally higher, I think most guys feel like, okay, well, I'm young um, and I'm going to be able to overcome this. I'm probably asymptomatic anyway, and it's not going to impact me. So I don't know if that's such a big issue, but as leadership, we're thinking like it is going to be a big issue because we don't know how it's going to impact people once you get in there. Um, and so we try to take some of that out, having some wisdom. And that's why our, our executive committee is normally some older guys that have played and understand the things that you need to worry about. That sometimes as a young guy that you try to get into this league and make a name for yourself and just live your dream that you tend to overlook or not uh, emphasize as much just because of, of, of your youth. And so that's why we have an EC. We have a player, uh, a board of player uh, reps to think about those things and, and worry about it for them. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what our job is. One more. I lied for you. Uh, I lied to you. I, I'm going to ask you one more quick one. If you had to put a percentage zero to hundred percent on September 13th, which is most teams opening day, right? I know some yeah. teams open up before some teams after we're playing NFL football. Your percentage is what? I think we get there. I think we get to, to game one, um, for sure. So percentage wise, I mean, because I don't know, I mean, COVID may, I, who, who knows? But if things maintain the way they are right now, I'm probably in the 90% range as far as okay. it's getting to, to, to start it. All right, and that's going to do it for us right here. Have a great rest of the weekend. I'm Chris Russell. Email me, russellmania09 at gmail.com or Twitter at russellmania621 at russellmania621. And as well, you can follow si.com for Washington football and Washington football team coverage at si.com.
com si.com slash nfl slash washington football is the way to go all right have a good rest of the weekend adios is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 